You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Closely according to our text, that John addresses the saints of God as little children. And he's not speaking from a literal standpoint, but he's acknowledging many of his congregants as being immature, little children, immature are childish. And you have to understand that sometimes uh, you expect folks to be childish. After all, they, they have not been in the church that long, so you just expect them to do things uh, that you wouldn't expect folks that are more mature to do. You would expect a person that just got saved to have some religious ways because that's all they know about church is certain religious things that they may have heard from somebody and so you expect it. You expect them not to know fully what it is to bring God his tithes and offerings. You, you don't expect them to know what it is to go and get something right with a person they may have a problem with simply because they are babes. They're childish because they are babes. And that's the reason the scripture says in reference to baby Christians or people that have only been born again for a short time that they should desire the sincere milk of the word, but notice why, in order to grow. Desire the word, hunger and thirst, stay in church so you can grow. That's the reason I always encourage people that come to the altar to receive Christ as Lord and Savior to just stay in church. If something come up, you're going through it, just call somebody. But make sure you stay in church. If you mess up, don't, don't get upset and say, I'm just done with it. No, if you mess up ten times in one day, you still come back to church and keep going forward. You are a baby. And often as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. You ain't going to get mad at no four-month-old baby because that baby keep filling up the diaper. If you get mad at that baby for filling up that diaper four or five times, especially if that baby ain't got hope to some bad milk, and you just upset about it and you talking about the baby, the baby is not the one with the problem. You are the person with the problem. But now that's saints of God in church sometimes. Sometimes we, we're to the point to where we, we be expecting too much out of folk that just got saved. And sometimes we expect too much out of folks that are coming from a church that may not have been on the level that 
our church is on. You understand what I'm saying? And so you have to understand what Paul meant when he said, know those who labor among you. You got to know folk. That way you won't be thinking, talking, and saying dumb stuff to a person that's just a baby. No, you, you just don't do that. Because people will leave the church because somebody that's mature is killing him or her with words, with their mouth. How many understand me so far? But now you also have to consider when it comes to being childish is also talking about somebody that has been in the church for years but still doing dumb stuff. Been in the church for years but still arguing arguing about things that shouldn't even be arguing about. Been in the church for years but still doing stuff. You'd be like, man, don't even know that don't even make no sense. You've been in the church 10 years and you, you want to see the pastor because somebody rolled their eyes at you. You know you're too old for that. So what? Because they rolled their eyes at you. You ought to be bigger than that. I just ain't liking what they saying. I got to see the pastor. Or I got to see Deacon so-and-so because this right here happened. I need to talk to somebody. I'm leaving the church. It seems like don't nobody love you. Don't nobody do this, that, and the other. Come on now. You've been in the church about 22 years, and you still talking like that. Something is wrong with you. I said something is wrong with you. Even when somebody is trying to help you, telling you to look, if you do this right here, you'll be a better person. You'll be a better preacher. You'll be a better teacher. You'll be a better such and such. But you get offended and the person just saying it just to help you. You are the one with the problem. <laughs> Y'all love me, don't you? I know, I know I'm treading lightly right now, but just stay with me because I'm trying to deal with the text accordingly so you can really understand what I'm talking about. See, when it comes to being childish and you've been in church a long time, you have failed to do what Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. Now, notice what Paul said. Let's just go there real quick and you understand what I'm talking about. I was going to quote it, but I think we need to go there. Let's go to 1 Corinthians uh, 13 and 11. Amen. How many understanding me so far, though? All right, 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. Notice what Paul said in reference to himself. This is what he said in reference to himself. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away immature a childish things. Notice what he did. He made a choice. See, sometimes you have to say, I'm not going to let her roll in her eyes at me cause me to react the way she want me to or the way I want to. Oh, that's crazy. You just go on. Yeah. If somebody tell you something trying to help you, and then you get mad, they say, you know what? She right about that. I'm going to try that because I believe that'll help me. Don't get upset about it. Just receive it if it's something that you know can help you do better. Amen? Amen. 
Because the Bible tells us uh, from a direct standpoint as well as an implied standpoint that we need to be helpers one to another. It's stated throughout the Bible. But you have to get to the point to where if you have been in church for years that you just put away childish things. You can't miss church just because you're going through it in your stomach and you, you are a major person on the praise team. Come on to church with my stomach. Come on to church. I hadn't been asleep. I hadn't slept. I've been up since when y'all seen me last night. Guess what? I've been up. But guess what? I had an assignment right here and was not going to miss my assignment. And if I wouldn't told you I hadn't been asleep, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even think it, would you? Ain't nothing like that anointing. Ain't nothing like that anointing. Well, I, well, I probably got about one hour and, and 20 minutes. But that's not really sleep, is it? Not beneficial. But you have to be to the point to where you put away childish things. And I like it because the preacher admit that, you know what, I, I, I had to put away some stuff. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. I, I have, over the years, learned to change my thinking and then tell in a testimony or in a message that, look, y'all know what, I used to think this and I was wrong. Well, see, some folks got too much pride to admit that they were wrong or they were coming short in something. Never be like that. When you learn something that can better you, that can make you a better person, go ahead and put it into action and then share it with somebody else. That's what Paul was doing right here. He was letting them know, look, it's just a choice. If you know you've been acting in a way that's immature, you just have to choose to change the way you do things, change the way you talk, change the way you think. But again, he says, when I was or when I became a man, I put away, help me. He put them away. He put away childish Things. See, because there, there are certain things as you get older in Christ, you need to put away in order to receive the engrafted word of God. See, there are certain things God can't even tell you if you're, you're still childlike in mind. Certain things God can't even do for you if you're still childlike in the way you talk or the way you act. He, he can't give you certain things and you still look at particular things as a child would look at them. How in the world God going to bless you with a hundred thousand dollars when, when he see you taking ten thousand and treating it like a hundred? No, he know if he give you a hundred thousand, you wouldn't use no wisdom with that. You will throw it away just like anything else you get in your hand. So we have to be to the point to where we understand that, that when, it, when we reach a certain point in our Christian walk, that we should be thinking, talking, and acting on a certain level. 
When you reach a particular point in your Christian life, you should be at a certain level when it comes to a number of things. When it comes to prayer, when it comes to giving, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to helping folks, and so forth. But if you don't gauge yourself, if you don't watch your growth in Christ, you'll mess around and be in the church for 15 years and you still had made any progress. You still are acting like a childish boy brother are you still acting like a childish girl sister y'all still love the bishop Ooh, look at somebody and say I still love the bishop he done hit one or two toes tonight but I still love the bishop y'all ain't helping me tonight come on tell somebody else I love the bishop he hit two toes while ago but I still love him See, 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 if I see you not taking care of your $30,000 car and you ask me to drive my such and such $1,000 car, you know what I'm going to say? You ain't going to drive my car because if you get in that car, you're going to have to learn how to stop when you need to stop. You're going to learn, learn, need to learn how to slow down when you get to certain places. If you can't do that, no need in you stepping in my car. I may not even let you be a passenger, but you have to have a mindset to where you understand to whom much is given, much is required. And God can't do certain things for us if we still acting childish. We got to grow up so God can do for us what our eyes have not seen, what our ears have not heard, neither have entered into our heart. How many understand it? And so he wanted them to get to the point to where they understood that, that certain things are going to happen in your Christian life. And if you're not in the place that you need to be, you will leave God. I said you will leave God or you will get like some folk get stagnated in the church. Ain't going nowhere, just in a stagnated position. And then you have some Folks that are in a lively church but just dead in a spirit filled church I don't understand it anointing everywhere but still dead still won't clap still won't praise still won't turn in victory still won't give God the praise say to your neighbor you gotta be able to grow you gotta be able to recognize the seasons of God when you're in God's church. You gotta get to the point to where even when you're going through trials and tribulation, that you're leaping for joy about it. You're dancing about it. You're waving your hand about it. You're making up your own song about your trials and tribulation. Why you make up your own song, Pastor? Cause you can't find none on the radio that fits your situation. So you have to make up your own tune like David did David said I will sing unto the Lord what a new song bottom line I done made this up right here because it just fit my situation and if I have to sing it to myself and the Lord I'll do it in my closet I'll do it in my bedroom I'll do it when I'm in the shower but I got to sing this new song say to your neighbor you gotta grow in God 
You got to grow mentally. You got to go spiritually. You got to grow in every aspect of your life. Why every aspect of your life? Because that's what Jesus came to do according to John 10, 10. Change our life for the better. Change our life in a big way. What did he say in John 10, 10? The thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come. Why? That you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. God wants to change your life to the point to where you know without question he is greater than whatever circumstances or situations may arise in your life. How many are still with me? And so we have to grow. We have to mature because again, if not We'll either leave the church, become stagnated in the church, or become dead in the church. It's reading the Bible talks about the congregation of the dead. And that's the reason Paul understood it and said, y'all know what? The latter killeth. You got to have some revelation. You got to have some spirit with it. You got to be able to listen to God and let him give you the full meaning of the scripture. That's the reason Jesus himself said to the devil, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, that is revealed through the mouth of God. That's what we live by. Because John wanted them to understand that there's a great opposition when it comes to the church. And the great opposition contextually is the anti-Christ. And I'm not going to deal with the man of sin, Antichrist. I want to deal with the second Antichrist he talked about in the text. The ones that John said, they're already here. They are Antichrist that are already here. Antichrist in that sense represents people that oppose the anointed one. And when a person opposes Christ, likewise that person is opposing the church because the church pertains to Christ and the anti-Christ are against Everything about Christ, including the church, including the ecclesia, the call out ones. So you have to understand that we're talking about people that oppose. When you tell people that God is going to do something for you and they always get an attitude about it. But they tell you they're Christian. And you're sharing something that's in line with the scripture. 
you're dealing with a person that's opposing Christ. And understand this. Some some people oppose Christ and they're ignorant. But some are not. Some just don't like certain teachings when when it comes to Scripture. They, 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 they okay with certain things being taught, certain things being proclamated. But when you let them know you believe what Jesus said, that we have to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, they don't believe in that. They only want to hear what they want to hear. There are certain folks, the Bible talks about how they would even look for preachers, look for teachers that will soothe them. They have itching ears that need to be soothed. They want to hear what they want to hear. They want to be told it's okay for me to do this. And, it's, and they're still going to go to heaven. But how many know that ain't right? We have to live by how much of the word? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Whatever God is putting on the table that's in line with the written word, that's what we live by. And guess who has to be the first one to do it? The preacher. I tell folks at the church, I got to be the first partaker of what I'm telling you to do. And I want you to look at me to see if I'm doing what I've been proclamating. I don't want to be deemed a hypocrite. And so... He shifts and tells them that these antichrists were with them. Going along, but then he said, they left. They went out. Went so far and then went out. And I could go to a number of scriptures to to prove uh, what John stated here is true. But I only want to go to a couple of scriptures with the intent of letting you see that you have to be careful when it comes to staying connected and not allow certain things to cause you to depart. Whether you're, whether you're still in the church, but you won't deal with the season. You, you, you done departed from the season. You just ain't accepting the season. You just doing what you want to do. That's still a departure even though you didn't physically leave the church. Y'all alright? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I want you to go with me to the book of um, Luke. That's where we're going to start. We're going to start in the book of Luke. And I want you to go to the 18th chapter of the book of Luke. I'm only going to give you a couple of examples and then I'm going to be done.
Well, I think I'm going to give you three examples and I'm going to be done. But notice Luke 18. We'll start at verse 18. Ready? Now, a certain ruler asked him, or Jesus, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. Jesus went on to tell a young man, You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother. And he said, All these things have I kept from my youth. Now, that's what he told Jesus. You hear me? Now, Jesus went on to say, to say to him, you still lack one thing. And he even told him what it was. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. When he heard this, He became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. But the implication of the text, in one sense, is he felt like Jesus was asking for too much. He didn't have no problem pulling out his list on Jesus. When, when Jesus asked him, you know the commandment, do this, that. He didn't have no problem. Hey, hey I done did all them. That's on my list, what you talking about. I got all that. Give me something else. And when Jesus put something else on the table, he thought it was too much. And see, you have folk that will ask you about your, your lifestyle as a Christian. Do you think it take all that? And just like the young man, they'll ask you that. And the bottom line, they see you putting a lot in it, but you know they're asking you that, trying to, trying to really say uh, in a sneaky way, some of them, that it don't really take all what you're doing. This young man thought Jesus was asking too much. That's what he thought. And see, so you can't ever get to the point to where, as a Christian, if the Lord asks you to do something that you think is too much. I just told you that, that, that I'm, on, I'm on this hour of sleep or so, of no sleep, really, and, but I'm here doing my assignment. I believe, if, I believe if God is a keeper, that he can give me the strength. To do what I need to do. Yeah. You say, well, why you didn't just go to sleep this morning? I had, I had too many appointments. Too much stuff I needed to do today. So I had to get it done. And I, it's step by step by step. When I finally finished, I took a bam, got dressed. And drove an hour and 45 minutes to your nice, beautiful city. And when I leave here tonight, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home tonight. I'm going to study because I got a service tomorrow. That I got to do. 
Then when I'm done with that, I got to go back and finish some more appointments that I got to take care of tomorrow. So I get home tomorrow about 7, and I start preparing for Sunday morning. And then I get to the church a little early because I got to see a couple of folk for a preach, which is normal most of the time. Normal bells will tell you. And I'll preach it in after service. Well, not this Sunday. I won't be seeing nobody after service. But most Sundays, after service, I'm seeing folk. But if God has ordained for you to do something, he is going to give you the strength to do exactly what he has ordained for you to do. And see... If the young man really knew scripture the way he implied it in the text, he would have understood if God told him to give all that he had, it's no telling what God would have did for him. Because God would do more for us than we do for him. You can't outgive God. That's the reason Jesus himself said, yeah, if you give, guess what's coming back at you? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Then Paul went on to say, look, he'll do what your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, neither have entered into your heart. Y'all still with me? Let's go, to, let's go to the book of Timothy. We're going to 1 Timothy 4. Y'all stay with me. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Who receiving? Okay, so we're going to consider the first two verses. The first two verses of 1 Timothy 4. Notice the wording carefully. Now the spirit expressly or clearly says that in the latter times. Which is synonymous with the last hour. You got got two authors that just chose to use different words that mean the same thing. Both are talking about happening. When you talk about the last hour, the latter days, it just simply refers to happenings that you're going to see when you know that you're, you're in the final state of earth as it is. That's all it means. And see, these signs have been going on for centuries, decades. Simply, but, but what happens as decades go on, the signs start to increase. Well, see, that's the reason you'll hear Paul talking about the last days. You'll hear uh, Peter talking about the last days. You'll hear others talking about the last days. But the biggest thing the last days reveal is certain signs. It's just like what's going on right now with this corona is just a sign. It's just fulfilling what the Lord said, that, that, that there's going to be pestilences. There's going to be this, that, and the other that's going to be in various places. It's just going to happen. You can't stop them because God done ordained for them to happen. 
Got preachers and we praying that it just goes. Let me tell you something. It's going to happen. Something else going to come. You can pray that the Lord spare. You can pray that the Lord have mercy. But God himself said they were going to come. They going to come. They going to come. Certain things just going to happen. It's just like you can pray you don't die all day long. But you're going to die. Why? It's once appointed for a person to die. You can shut yourself up in a room and say, I don't never want to experience no trouble. Look, you're going to have trouble in this life. Jesus said that to his disciples. He said, in this life, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trouble. But then he turned around and told but be of good cheer. Why? I done overcame it. I done learned how to deal with the trouble. I done learned how to keep smiling. I done learned how to turn in victory. I done learned how to leap for joy. I done learned how to give God the glory despite the trouble. Let me hurry. Y'all sit down. Let's get back to the teaching. Notice this right here. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter time some would depart from what? From the faith. Faith comes by hearing. and hearing what? They done heard it, but now all of a sudden they're, they're questioning it. And so, and so though they heard it, now they departing from it. Here we got Paul and John. Recognizing that people are going to depart that were in the faith. When they leave Christ or the faith, they become anti-Christ. And look at how sad it was. They, they done left Raymond word for, for get, get this in the text. They leaving Raymond words and, and giving heed. Get this, to, dis, to deceiving spirits. Man, how in the world you say you got the Holy Ghost and you can't recognize this ain't right? Man, I remember when you call on Jesus and you got to say, now you talking about you don't believe in the name Jesus? Brother, that's a deceiving spirit. And he's not, he's not just talking about a deceiving spirit in the sense of uh, a spirit being something you can't see. Because a person, in one sense, is a spirit. People are three-part beings. Spirit, soul, body. I know some folks say that we are spirit, but we have a body. Now, when you read scripture and you really understand it, we are just three-part being. Spirit, soul, and body. We are created in the image of God. God even has a body. How does God have a body? Jesus. And the word put on flesh. And guess what? We beheld God's glory. We beheld it. Who was it? The only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. 
And so a spirit does not just mean that you're having a spooky encounter where you don't see nobody, but they're talking to you about this, that, and the other. No, it can be a person that's telling you things that's causing you to doubt God's word. That's the reason it's important, and listen to me closely, that you never just take your preacher's word for it. Make sure you receive the Holy Spirit. And when your preacher opens up the Bible and start revealing certain things, you follow that preacher and you allow the Holy Spirit to show you clearly that what he's saying is in line with the word. Will God do it? Yes. God will first make sure that when he gives it to the preacher that it's going to be clear. And on that note, is it clear tonight what I'm teaching? All right. But they'll depart giving heed to what? Deceiving spirit. But notice he goes on to say, and doctrines of who? And again, Jesus deemed folk in, in uh, John 8, children of the devil. So when he talks about doctrines of devil, he's talking about there are actually folk that actually are so opposed to God that they are connected to the devil and they receive teachings from the enemy to give other folk. And see, you got to understand the enemy. The, the enemy will try to use the word to teach you. Don't just think the enemy is just about trying to get you in the club. No, the enemy will try to use the word to teach you. Teach you out your own blessing. Harry, Harry is telling Jesus, look, I'm going to give you authority. He's going to tell God he's going to give him authority. Hey, read Matthew 4. Read the implication. He, he offered Jesus things. He offered him a position. He offered Jesus all kind of stuff. And was using the word. He couldn't rightly divide the word, but he was using the word to the point to where he was trying to use the word to convince Jesus. And you have folk in our day and time that would try to convince folks that are in the church through using scripture, but they use it in a way to where it's in contrast to the revelation of God. The revelation of God, when you hear the revelation of God, you're going to know that it's the anointing of God. Matter of fact, it's going to get in your being if you hold it, ghost feel. Why? Because our spirits will connect. Lord have mercy. How many understand? I got to close it. Let's go to the book of uh, John, the sixth chapter. I didn't get to verse two because I'm trying to hurry. Uh, And plus the Holy Ghost told me to go on to John six. Go there with me. John six. Y'all still happy? John six. And we're going to start at... uh, Verse 63. Ready? He said, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. 
John 6 and 63. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are what? See, when God speaks directly or indirectly, it's going to change your life. The words that I speak to you are spirit and what? Life. They have the capacity to change your life. A word. One word can change you. Isn't it amazing when you heard, you remember when you heard that word that caused you to ask the Lord to become your savior? That, that word that was so powerful that you, you were convicted to the point to where you knew that you didn't have to depend on such and such no more. That the thing or the person you needed more so than anybody was Jesus. How many remember? How did it come though? Through a word. Whether from the pulpit or whether somebody on the street anointed of God telling you about it. It came through the word. Amen? Amen. But notice as we go on. He went on to say, but there are some of you who do not believe. Now he's talking to his disciples. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. Now they down like they with him. But he he knew that, hey, y'all ain't really with me. Y'all gonna betray me. You know, he wasn't just talking about Judas. Look at, look, at, look at the verse now. For Jesus knew from the beginning who helped me. They were who did not what? And who would what? And he said, therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my what? From that time, help me, many of his what? Went what? They departed. They departed. See, pastor, if folk leave Jesus, they'll leave you. If folk left Jesus and he was treating them good, you can treat people good, saints, and they'll still mess over you. They'll still mess over you. This is a good text, ain't it? But now notice he went on to say this right here. Then Jesus said to the 12, verse 67, Do you also want to go away? Y'all want to depart too? Now, you take most, folk, most preachers or some preachers would say, hey, y'all ain't got to go. I can change some stuff y'all don't, if y'all don't like this, that, and the other. But again, he said to the 12, do you also want to go away? Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Peter didn't even have the Holy Spirit at that time. He had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but he knew Jesus had what he needed. And see, and see the one thing that, that uh, we have learned is that Jesus don't change, do he? He keep giving you exactly what you need. 
I don't care what you, what you find yourself in or what trial, trouble, or what have you, you find yourself in. Don't Jesus always manage to give you what you need in order to come out? Amen? So we are not going to be like others and depart, become antichrist. I, got, I want to show you this one last thing. Lord, the Holy Ghost just told me. I need to show you this. Back, at, back in 1 John 2. Gonna take me, just going to take me a minute or so to just deal with this. Notice what he says in verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know what? Amen. See, that's the reason you have to be spirit-filled. So the anointing of God can let you know when teaching comes forth that it is of God. You don't ever need to be to the point to where you're wondering. And if you have the omniscient guide, he going to let you know. And I'm going to stop. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.